Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on our big Tuesday, August the 30th. And, uh, boy, you know the NFL season's right around the corner. Uh, baseball still bringing in some news. College football this weekend, uh, we had a taste of it last weekend. Uh, some big games uh, headed this weekend. Who would have thought... Notre Dame would be a 17-point dog to Ohio State, but they are. Elsewhere, of course, uh, the Cajuns and Tigers both kick off their weekend. Uh, the Raging Cajuns taking on Southeastern, as we mentioned before in this show. Two New Iberia natives will go head-to-head, and, and uh, Mike Desimo, uh, head coach of the Cajuns, and Frank Selfo, the head coach of the Southeastern Lions, should be an interesting matchup over at Cajun Field. That kickoff is uh, 6, 630. I'm trying to recall. Can't uh, see in that Let's nature. Yeah, check the Kane pocket guy. Absolutely. Actually, though, some, some of the college uh, times are not always available, uh, especially the SEC games. So not certain if times are on the uh, college ones, but it right. you know, doesn't uh, give us a time there. And, and, again, often it's TBA. So. But yeah, I, I, that's I know due to television, now. too. Exactly. They, they are usually set about at least two weeks ahead. Of course, the Tigers journey to New Orleans, uh, playing the Superdome against uh, Florida State, who opened their season this past weekend against Duquesne, uh, beating Duquesne 47-7. I don't think you can take much out of that game in that regard. Florida State uh, in and out. But the Cajuns also play Florida State this year. And don't know if we can look at some uh, opportunity to see uh, how you compare the two. But all games are so different uh, with the outcome, so you can't look at that, and it goes back to the old uh, slippery rock, you know, because they beat somebody who beat somebody who beat somebody who beat Notre Dame, who was the national champ that year, <laughs> the old slippery rock theory. Elsewhere, uh, NFL this weekend, of course, the Saints travel to Atlanta, take on the Falcons and the Dirty Birds. Meanwhile, uh, polls were just coming out, uh, and Tom Brady is once again the league's number one player, according to his peers in those NFL top 100 votes. And uh, Brady, Brady's 45. Uh, you know, Jeff, I thought that uh, I think it was two years ago when they were playing the Saints in the, I think it was in the Superdome, and the Saints just battered Brady that night. And I think uh, Saints ended up uh, shutting him out maybe later on during the year. And they, the nine to nothing game. Yeah, and then they go on to win the Super Bowl. I think that year. So. Uh, Anyway, we'll see how that uh, how that comes out. Uh, Brady, forty five. Uh, you know, you wonder one good hit. Uh, how would he come to? And you know, he's lost three of his offensive linemen uh, on that team for the uh, who was with him the last couple. There are of a years. lot of prognosticators who have them tanking this year. That's right. They sure do. So uh, six o'clock, by the way, UL. Okay. Uh, elsewhere, Aaron Donald's uh, the number two man uh, in the league, uh, followed by Aaron Rodgers. Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, of course, the fine running back from the Colts, T.J. Watt, the outside linebacker, uh, Devontae Evans, who's now with the Raiders, not the Packers, Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, Jalen Ramsey, the fine cornerback with the Rams, and Travis Kelsey, the tight end with the Chiefs. That's the top ten. So question is, will Father Time catch up to Brady eventually? I, I just think it will. Well, I, I think he understands that, and I'm certain this is going to be his final season. But, yeah, get through it. You still need to get through it. That's right. That's right. So, uh, and, and, and after the game Saturday, uh, he talked about the fact that, man, I'm 45. I needed some time. I had some maintenance to do. That's right. And That's let's right. Let's hope it was uh, not uh, unkosher. I just, I, I don't want to see one of those uh, games where you know he's really put in a, a you know a position where he's really hurt so uh no you'd hate to see that yeah you don't want to see him go out like that uh, some people would like to see it but oh, not me. No, uh, no, I'm, no i've never been a hater obviously um want to beat him you know that that saints playoff game you wanted to beat him but um i had to always respect uh, what he accomplished that's for especially as a sixth round pick uh, yeah backup quarterback uh, comes off the bench and Wally Pips drew blood so. Yep, that's right. Anyway, uh, so we'll see how that comes to mind. Uh, elsewhere, uh, last night, Aaron Judge hit his 50th home run, joining Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle the only Yankees with multiple 50 homer seasons. Of course, the big picture, he's got 33 games left, and he's on a pace for an AL record 63 home runs. Of course, you got to remember, 
All those home runs by McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds all came in the National League. So Roger Maris still holds the American League record with uh, 61 home runs in 61. So uh, uh, we'll see what uh, Mr. Judge uh, is going to do. Anyway, uh, Rizzo also homered in that game. That's right. Uh, and what's and he got? He's pushing 30, isn't he? At least. He, he's been around uh, 10, 11 years now. Yeah, well. And uh, Shohei Otani uh, slammed a home run, too, did. in that game. He did last night. Also also slamming home run number 694. I'm really rooting for that. Yeah, um, me too. And he's plays a few more games, in, uh, two more in Cincinnati. He's got to go to Pittsburgh for three or four games. So he's playing in a few ballparks that uh, whose fences are a little shorter. So he'll have an opportunity, I think. Of course, uh, They've been playing him a little bit more against right-handed pitchers. He's hitting over 400 against left-handers this year, the reason they are playing him against left-handed pitching. But uh, now, uh, since the All-Star break, I think he's hitting over 402, and he slugged uh, a bunch of homers. So, Albert Pujols? My phone kept blowing up. I I get alerts, uh, and this goes back to probably 2018 when the Cubs, Reds, and Brewers were all fighting for a division title. So, I set my phone to get app alerts uh, anytime those three teams scored. Well, of course, I'm probably watching the Cubs, but um, but my phone was blowing up last night. The Cardinals uh, winning thirteen to four last yeah. night. Yeah, just uh, everybody was hitting the ball. I think the only one in the lineup that didn't have a hit was Goldsmith. Go go see that. <laughs> what does that come? I, what, what were the Caesar Sportsbook odds on that? That's right. That's right. Everybody in the lineup had a hit last night except uh, Goldsmith. One so, of the, uh, the best hitters in the game right that, now. That, yeah, he's he's just on fire. He's. He's on a pace to uh, hit, get over 200 hits, hit 335 with probably 35 to 40 home. He's got an outside shot at the Triple Crown in the National League, which hadn't been done since 1937 when Ducky Medwick of the Cards did it. But people don't realize he tied Mel out with the home run uh, record. Uh, he didn't win it, eh, you hate to say, outright because he tied somebody in homers. But elsewhere uh, in the world of football, the Saints, uh, they've got cuts to make. Jeff, I hadn't seen any yet uh, Today in that regard, uh, I know they made a couple cuts yesterday we were aware of, but uh, in that regard, hadn't seen any more uh, cuts by them. Tomorrow is the next deadline, correct? I think you're right in that regard. So uh, there are going to be a lot in of fact, cuts. Not only deadline, but it's down to 53. That's right. And so. then you can, I think the practice squad is 16 members. I don't know why. Initially it was seven, then it went to 11, then 12, then I'm pretty sure this year that practice squad number is going to be 16. And with the injuries developed, you know, when you look back, the size of these guys and the speed, you can understand why there are a lot more injuries today. And uh, I look at the baseball players. Uh, just as little as 20, 25 years ago, you had 5'8 and 5'10 shortstops. And now most shortstops are 6'2 or 6'3, where 2'10, 220. I mean, the size. Kid in Pittsburgh, 6'7 and monster yeah. shots from just, his bat. That's right. Just boy, talk about got to wait for the ball to get through the infield on line drives when you got a 6'7 shortstop. Uh, that could be an issue. Elsewhere, the Saints. Uh, of course, we'll have, uh, backing up a little bit, we'll have a high school coach on here at 8 o'clock this morning, which uh, Terry Martin from the Lowerville Tigers will join us in that regard with our high school coaches each day, Jeff. Uh, just trying to see if uh, the Saints, uh, of course, as I mentioned, travel to Atlanta, trying to get a little info on them and see what cuts could be coming. Of course, we had yesterday on at 8 o'clock uh, Bob Rose, uh, the Sports Illustrated uh, writer who pretty much uh, follows the Saints throughout the course of the year. He is from Pittsburgh. Okay. I communicated with him a little bit last night, thanking him for taking his time and looking forward to him having him on Monday, which will be Labor Day. Yes. So we'll be here Labor Day, and we'll also have a Catholic High Coaches Show that night. So along with uh, uh, our, our own uh, professionals in uh, Teddy Sliman and Boxcar with chip shots that night also. So there, there will be no Tesh Matters Monday, though. That's, that's quite all right. Anyway. Uh, Light in the barbecue pit. And I'm trying to see if, uh, you know, with LSU playing Sunday night, has uh, Coach Kelly come out and said who his starting quarterback is? He said he knows who his starting quarterback, but, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> he says it's simple. I don't want to give uh, the other team an edge. Let them try and figure it out. Oh, wow. And, and I, I get that. 
Why yeah, not? Yeah, I do. You yeah, know. you got to practice for one that can run and one that can throw. Yeah, and then uh, obviously Southern University may have a bit of an edge uh, knowing who the quarterback <laughs> is, but I don't think it'll matter much for uh, that game. I tend to agree with you in that regard. Uh, but I'm trying to uh, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm reading now Tuesday afternoon. Okay. So, uh, so comes, sometimes later on today. And the story I'm looking at in the Times pick uh, suggests that uh, no announced cuts were made since we spoke yesterday. Okay. So uh, basically we're waiting uh, to see what the Saints are going to do with regards to their uh, numbers. And I, I still think they have, what, 80 kids on that squad? Is Am I correct in that? I'm it was right around there. You know, uh, so they've got to we, – we're talking uh, 27 players have got to be moved uh, from injury reserve. And, or cut you know, or and it's just uh, like when the NCAA basketball tournament is announced, you know who's definitely in, you know who's definitely out. It's those uh, few players on yeah, the bubble. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know? And uh, pretty much we know who uh, – there might be a surprise or two in that regard with uh, the Saints and their cuts, but – you know, as well as I do, I think you wonder if Ian Book, of course, uh, Bob Rose uh, felt the and, same and thing we, we did. And we have speculated, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. you know, so, uh, and it's a few, how many wide receivers are going to keep? That that could be testy. And, uh, of course, the interior defensive line, they've got some projects there. We'll see what happens. Uh, the defensive ends, they might even keep four defensive ends along with uh, uh, pretty much Cam Jordan, um, along with the number one pick uh, last year, Peyton, out of Houston, along with uh, our, our guy from um, Southwest, Sam Houston State, or is it Southwest Missouri, uh, Southwest Texas, uh, who was Davenport. And there was one other one in there, I think, uh, your boy. Uh, 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 um, oh, uh, you gave him a taco. Uh, taco. Oh, yes, yes. He might be the fourth defensive end on that team. So I figured they'd take five or six linebackers with a couple special teams. And I think the big one is uh, how things are going to work out at a wide receiver. They've got about six or seven, eight of them on the roster that have an outside shot. And does Kirk Merritt make the team as a – and do, do you keep Hardy, you know, because of his punt returning abilities or merit to go with both? And so the Saints, uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's a good problem to have, so yeah, to speak. to say the least. In that regard. So, uh, anyway, uh, we'll all know about that later on today, probably around 4 o'clock or so, maybe 3 o'clock. Because after practice, uh, I'm sure, what's the old saying? Bring your playbook. There you go. To uh, coach. So we'll find out. Anyway, I don't know if you have any more headlines right now uh, in that regard before we take our first break in a few minutes. Would like to um, take a moment to remember Pat Thibodeau. Absolutely. Read his uh, obituary notice a little while ago, and I was alerted last night that he had passed away. And uh, what what a guy he was uh, for the new Iberia Parks and Recreation Department. You have known him a lot longer than me, but uh, certainly in the last 20 years I've come to uh, appreciate his efforts and uh, lately more than anything else the new iberia softball hall of fame yes and uh this i'll tell you how far back i can go with pat my first memory of pat was playing peewee league baseball by the swimming pool in the city park and pat was a uh was a pitcher uh i guess pat was two years older than me but he was pitching in the uh, peewee league and i can recall him Holding a baseball, you know, with his hand, you know, people don't realize who Pat was. Pat had uh, uh, a deformity. He was born with a birth defect. That's yeah. right, with his hand. and But he could still catch uh, baseball and throw with his other hand. And he was pitching that, that, that day. I'll never forget that. And that had to be, I'm going to date myself, uh, 1961, maybe 62 in the summer. And uh, his father w- uh, worked at one of the banks here in town. And he was pitching in the uh, Pee Wee League, and that's the first I can recall of Pat. And it had to be, like I said, 61 or 62 in the Pee Wee League and uh, nerd. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, and and you, you would never suggest he had a handicap. Because that's right. His handicap I, was better than mine golfing, that's for sure. Uh, or I guess that's a better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I golfed a couple of rounds with him uh, back, uh, I guess, in the mid to late 2000s. And... Uh, what a tremendous uh, golfer he was. And, again, not easy doing it one-handed. That's right. And uh, just a peach of a guy. Did a lot for the uh, Softball Association here in New Iberian. Also was the grid quiz man who put the grid quiz together for the Iberian each year where they give away two Sugar Bowl tickets. And 
you see a host of people enter that thing each year, and he was involved, Tolly, in that, and the Hall of Fame, as you mentioned, and uh, just uh, always uh, jolly, uh, ran the park system, uh, assisted in the system here for many years. About and, 30, uh, from what yeah, I understand. that's right. Uh, and he and Pat Dayton were very close, and uh, and uh, he, uh, of course, he moved up to Marksville when his dad took a job who opened up a bank up in that area back in, I want to say, back in the 60s sometime, and moved up there and, and went to school up in, I think, at uh, Northeast at the time. So uh, the passing of Pat, uh, hate to say, but as we get older, Father Time catches up with us. So, uh, But anyway, Pat will be missed by a lot of the sports enthusiasts here in town. Yeah, we hope, uh, and I know there are others to pick up the torch and keep that uh, Hall of Fame going. I know we had had conversations. We've got uh, the two uh, showcase windows here, and uh, we're... Still planning on holding uh, the one window to kind of showcase the some materials that should someday be in a physical New Iberia Softball Hall of Fame. Right now it's all uh, in books, but there is some memorabilia stored, and we would love to display it, and we'll uh, get in touch with the right people. Yeah, and uh, as we said, uh, Pat, uh, we'll be missed. Uh, uh, funeral arrangements are, are here. Uh, I'm sure you can find it. Uh, Visitation at Evangeline tomorrow and then the service. And uh, his wife uh, is inviting everybody back to uh, uh, appropriately the Syrgates Community Center sure. for a reception after the uh, services uh, around 11-ish. Yeah, so the service is at 10, but yeah. the, the reception about 11-ish. I think the, 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 the uh, Catholic Mass will be at, I think, a lady of perpetual help with Dirk Viator, another longtime softballer and uh Deacon at uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Help Church. So, uh, anyway, um, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we'll be missed, and I uh, hate to see that, but uh, uh, we all got to go one day, and uh, Pat was just chosen recently. So, anyway, Jeff, let's uh, go ahead and take our first break, and we'll be back with more here on Bayou Sports here on August 30th, a Tuesday. You're listening to Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 9 to East Main across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. And thanks again for voting the Quarter Tavern. Best bar and more. This year's Best of the Tesh. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a Tuesday, August the 30th, as uh, the, uh, the United States Open for you tennis fans out there and listening in uh, got underway. Or it's been underway. And of course, uh, the news is, uh, well, Serena uh, will continue. Uh, does she have a chance to win this? Uh, she had a I want to say just a uh, insuspicious uh, start uh, Monday, but she went on to win. And uh, 
So she'll be in playing her diamond in, encrusted uh, outfit. Yeah, that's right. So there's a little gaudy, the, but hey, it's hey, it's uh, her. It's the swan song. Yeah, it's her. But uh, you know, at uh, at Wimbledon, you you got to wear white. And uh, with the U.S. Open, it gives them a little bit oh, of uh, expressing you know, themselves. Everywhere else. Yeah. You know, it's only Wimbledon that yeah, maintains Wimbledon, that. Yeah, Wimbledon. The United States allows them that independence. So uh, Serena, uh, she'll face a, a highly ranked player next, and uh, we'll see how she does. We'll keep a little eye on that uh, through the sports. But the U.S. Open, the United States Tennis Open uh, for both men and women are underway up in uh, New York. And uh, we'll follow that. Of course, I mentioned earlier, 694 by Albert Pujols. And uh, it's his uh, Monday night. It's his 50th season uh, uh, of uh, his career. So he's 42 years old. He hit an opposite field shot, came against Red's lefty, Ross Detweiler. And he sets a record, major league record. That's the 450th pitcher he set a home run against. In the major leagues, Barry Bond and and he were tied at 449. But with him hitting one off a of uh last night, uh, he now holds that prestigious uh, number, hitting uh, 450 homers against uh, that many a number of pitches. So, uh, and he also uh, Pujols' eighth homer in August, tying Bonds. April of 07, and call you Strimsky of 83 for the most uh, single in a month by a player age 42 or older. Of course, he's just two behind Alex Rodriguez, who's got 696 and fourth most ever. He's got 33 games left. Uh, both in, including one more in August, so tonight in Cincinnati. That's, that's correct, where the, where the ball flies. And I want to say they, they have tonight and tomorrow night in Cincinnati. They're two nights. They play Wednesday afternoon there in Cincinnati. Don't know if the ball flies any better or worse uh, during the day up in Cincinnati. But the ball carries really well in Cincinnati like years ago in Atlanta, Fulton County Stadium. The ball carried really well. But, you know, I was looking up a note here this morning. The Minnesota Twins hold the record for most home runs by a team in a season, 307. Would that have been either 87 or 91? No, how about uh, 2019? Really? That, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I, no, I, I recall just, that. Yeah. Just, just heck, unbelievable. Uh, Cruz, a big part of that. I remember the Yankees when Maris and Mantle hit 61 and 54 home runs. They hit like 240 home runs that year, which was, wow, astounding. 307. That's, that's 67 more shots. And uh, I just that's something I can't get over. So uh, we'll see how uh, Albert does, uh, the machine does tonight in that regard. So uh, we mentioned uh, also, uh, Jeff, with uh, the U.S. Open uh, uh, games uh, later on. Uh, I want to say Hard Knocks, I think, is on tonight. That's episode number four. So uh, it might be, is that maybe one of the last uh, last in the uh, HBO series with Hard Knocks tonight? I have never watched. You've never have minute one of that series. All right. Anyway, um, I'm trying to see some other little notes here. here. Of course, uh, believe it or not, the NBA season right around the corner. You know, they get cranking up towards the end of September and have their first games usually uh, in, uh, what end of October maybe. So that that's getting ready to go. Of course, we mentioned the Saints. And it doesn't, as we mentioned yesterday, it doesn't look good for Trevor Pennington, uh, the uh, Penning, rather, the uh, offensive tackle for the Saints. Uh, as we mentioned yesterday on the show, he, he might be out for the rest of the year with that turf toe. Yeah, and, you know, again, Coach Allen didn't have to say anything. He's got an injury report that he must release a week from Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday prior to the game. And each day after that, they update it and... He said, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about uh, injuries uh, on anybody until next Wednesday, but let's just say it's a serious toe injury. Yeah, and it uh, looks like it's, uh, it's going to impact his uh, first season with the Saints. Not sure how that's going to react. Uh, I, I want to say Hurts, too, was a starting left tackle in a few of the games this year. He had some health issues also in that regard. So the Saints' offensive uh, line, but the, people think the Saints will have a pretty good, pretty good offense this year in regards to uh, keeping everybody healthy. Uh, and the wide receivers, you know, their core is stacked now. Uh, and we mentioned uh, just earlier in the show about uh, I think uh, Allen and the management is going to have some tough decisions on who to cut with uh, with that and uh, with the wide receiver group. 
bringing in uh, three or four players, uh, Jarvis Landry, first-round pick, Olave. Uh, Michael Thomas should be back, even though he is nursing a hamstring issue right now. Uh, so, um, yeah, the, the, and the leading receiver last year, uh, his name escapes me right now, but uh, uh, Marquez uh, Callaway, uh, the other saint that uh, who was a receiver, he's uh, – you know, they've got some t- – I mean, it's a good problem to have yes. with that. So, Winston uh, throwing to a select group. Finally, the Saints' a big problem last year was who's going to play wide receiver for them. And uh, uh, they've got some issues to address now. A lot of prognosticators uh, trying to think who's going to be on their 53-man roster. Even Bob Rose yesterday, the Sports Illustrated, uh, who – we will have each Monday during the course of the season on 8 o'clock on Monday. So for you folks who are listening in to Bayou Sports, uh, catch Bob. And his, uh, he's, he's a writer for the Saints. He'll, he's, uh, we look forward to having him each day. I don't know if you have maybe some other headlines, Jeff, here, here in the second segment. Well, I, I tagged a whole bunch of uh, sports headlines. Uh, uh, let's say uh, San Diego State, um, they're defending their handling of the gang, gang rape allegation amongst those San Diego State football players that cost the uh, Buffalo Bills their punter. Jimmy Garoppolo getting ready to finalize new contract as the highest paid backup quarterback. There's been a lot of speculation that he may be on the move. And I'm not sure if the Giants aren't doing this uh, just to have a new contract in hand. Uh, to maybe help sweeten a deal, knowing that he's signed, sealed, and delivered. You don't have to worry about that if you're um, going to trade for him. But the NFL Network's Mike Garofalo and Ian Rappaport reported that uh, Garofalo and the 49ers working toward a new contract that will make him the NFL's highest-paid backup quarterback. According to Garofalo, uh, the deal will be worth $6.5 million guaranteed, and as much as nearly $16 million, uh, Adam Schefter had tweeted uh, that Garoppolo and the 49ers agreed to a restructured one-year contract that'll keep the quarterback in San Francisco uh, this season. Contract contains a no-trade and no-tag clause. So, uh, forget about the trade uh, I was referring to. Uh, But again, uh, he will remain in San Francisco this year and have the freedom to leave next year. Yeah, he, you know, we were all speculating all year where would he end up? Uh, Nobody just wanted to take on that. What do you have? Like a twenty-five million dollar deal, twenty-five, twenty-six yeah. million dollar deal, and who's going to eat that? Well, the forty-nineers eat some of it to get rid of it, and uh, it never came, never happened. There was speculation about him going playing for the uh, Panthers, but they made a couple moves. And although the injury to Darnold, uh, I thought maybe would reignite those conversations, right. but apparently not. And uh, by the way, and I, I think I referenced this during Tesh Matters. Uh, Cam Newton still out there, uh, but Coach uh, said now nah, a little too soon to talk about Cam coming back uh, at this point. But you got to think uh, there's uh, an ace in the hole if if need be. That that's right. And uh, who, who knows? Uh, you know, with the with the big money some of these uh, players are making today, you know, you've got to bite a big bullet too uh, and take some chances. But. Uh, uh, anyway, you know, how much longer will Aaron Rodgers play, you know, with uh, Jordan Love uh, back there? You know, the Packers took him as the first pick a few years ago and really got it. Rodgers upset because they didn't go for any wide receivers. And uh, looks like Jordan Love's there to stay, too, as uh, a backup to Aaron Rodgers. Of course, Rodgers backed up Brent Farr for many years. I think four or five years before he got his chance. Not, not sure if it was that long, but, you know, it was the 2005 draft. So, yeah, five, six, seven seasons, and then I think he was there in 2008. And then, of course, uh, the first year Brent Favre's gone, he leads the Packers to the Super Bowl, and they win it <laughs> in his first year. So I'm sure Packer fans were thinking with sugar plums in their heads that they're, they're going to move on a lot more. But uh, – I'm trying to remember if the Packers have played in. Uh, have they played in another Super Bowl since uh, they won it in 2010? The season of 2010 it had been 2011, uh, the Super Bowl. I can't recall the Packers winning uh, another. Uh, no, they definitely have not won one. And uh, I believe they've lost like three or four NFC Championship games. Yeah, I think you're and right. And when they had Tampa at home, 
again, Tampa, in Green Bay. That's right. They thought for sure the Packers finally get a home NFC championship game. Um, but no, uh, Tampa pulled it out. And so, uh, no, they never uh, did return to the Super Bowl after that one win. The year that they shouldn't have even made the playoffs, uh, the year Lovey Smith decided to sit the Bears in week number 17 because they'd already been assured home field advantage. Uh, the Packers needed to win to even make it into the playoffs. Uh, the Bears uh, lost to them that day and then eventually in the NFC Championship game and never was my butt chapped more. Yeah, I know the feeling uh, in that regard. Uh, over those years, I remember... Before the Saints uh, played in the uh, Super Bowl, you see Tampa Bay and Atlanta and Carolina all playing in Super Bowls before the Saints. Of course, Carolina's uh, 0-2 now in the Super Bowl, so is the Falcons. And Tampa Bay now is 2-0. and yeah. uh, And the Saints, of course, 1-0, and only made. Now, I was hoping before Breeze retired, he'd have an opportunity to play in one more Super Bowl to really put a stamp on his career, but uh, it never happened. And, uh, and, and again, so close, though. So Twice. close. I mean, uh, freakish plays, uh, the penalty, it's, uh, yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, you're right about that. So, anyway, um, you know, Jeff High School Football, Kane Radio will be there for a broadcast. I think we have 12 or 13 games on the schedule 13 this year. 13 games, including three Thursday night games. Um, uh, we're excited. Uh, yeah. We haven't uh, really talked that much about it, but um, Westgate at Nish um, this Friday night. Hopefully the rain holds off a little bit, but. Uh, we'll be in Lorville the following week, De Quincy at Lorville. Then you've got uh, Thursday night game, Catholic High at Erath. Then we'll be back in Lorville on, or no, at Highland Baptist the next night on the 16th, St. John at Highland Baptist. Then on the 23rd, and I did confirm uh, that is a Friday night game. Often during the Sugarcane Festival, they like to True. play Friday night games, but I did confirm that Southside will be at Nish on Friday the 23rd. Then back at Catholic High on the 30th, uh, the Panthers hosting Eunice. And, and I'm pretty sure that's homecoming, too, for Catholic High, that particular night. Is that right? Okay. Ascension Episcopal at Catholic High the next Friday night. Uh, Catholic High at Delcom uh, on the 14th. Then back in Lorville for Ascension Episcopal on October 20th. Generet at Highland on the 21st. Catholic High at Lorville the 28th of October. And then in November, a couple of games that final weekend uh, Thursday night game north sides at Westgate and then you will see West St. Mary at Catholic High yeah have an interesting season too uh, of course defending 4A champ Westgate uh, gets underway this Friday for our initial broadcast against the Yellow Jackets and uh, Yellow Jackets uh, having a tough year but uh, it's always a great inter, uh, inner city rivalry game so uh, you know it's uh, as uh, coach Antoine said yesterday they have nothing to lose no. they're going to come after them and uh, again you know, there's a lot of pride in playing a defending state champ. Um, so we'll uh, look forward to it on air at about 6.15 Friday night. By the way, our Cane Pocket Guide, got to thank a few of our sponsors, and you're hearing them on the air these days, but Jane's Seafood, LeBlanc Honda, Kia, Nissan, out on Highway 90, Bayou State Pawn and Jewelry, the Landscape Ranch, DJW Insurance, Cool Scene, you can get uh, pocket guides at those sponsor locations and several others, and, of course, here at the Kane Studios. Uh, absolutely, and uh, as we say, take one, uh, put it in your pocket. Uh, it gives you uh, uh, all of our local teams in the area from the uh, St. Martinville Tigers, the Yellow Jackets, uh, along with the Panthers, Tigers of Westgate, uh, along with uh, have LSU schedule on there, the Cajuns, uh, the Saints, uh, uh, Lowerville Tigers, uh, the Green Wave, uh, Delcom Panthers, West St. Mary, uh, Highland Baptists, and Generate Tigers. And, uh, if you didn't mention a, the Cajuns. Yes, and uh, as always, uh, put one in your pocket or keep one in your wallet or just have one handy in your automobile and uh, wherever you may place it to check up on the scores, schedules, uh, not scores, but the schedules, who they play and who will broadcast here on Kane Radio each Thursday or uh, Friday night. Looking forward to kicking off the uh, season of the Sports Corner Saturday morning, uh, where I talk to many of the coaches we are talking to during the week, uh, but then recapping their game from Friday night. So uh, we'll look forward to that kicking off at 10 o'clock or right after the news, uh, usually uh, at about 10.04. Anyway, let us go ahead and take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with the uh, third segment here on Bayou Sports. You're listening to here on uh, Tuesday, August the 30th. 
on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadow. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Row, and Sugar Rope. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on this big Tuesday, August the 30th, uh, FM 107.5, AM 1240. And, Jeff, the uh, high school uh, coach, or I shouldn't say the uh, high school sports writers poll is out, too. And uh, in 5A, it's Zachary uh, along uh, with Catholic High Baton Rouge, Carr, uh, Katiana, Rustin, Destrahan, Brother Martin, Captain Shreve, uh, Jesuit, along with West Monroe, rounding out the top ten. Others receiving votes, uh, Samaria Schools, Karen Crow, uh, 13th. Elsewhere, uh, that's about it for our local schools. But in 4A, the Westgate Tigers are the Louisiana sports writers' first uh, preseason uh, pick as number one. And, and again, Coach Antoine uh, talked a little bit about that with us yesterday. His uh, players know that means absolutely nothing. And Granted, these guys probably have enough trouble covering their local teams, let alone trying to guess what's going on all over the state. And, you know, while it's fun to put together those kind of lists, uh, it's way too soon to... All you're doing is guessing and probably thinking about what they did last year. Yeah, and, you know, with the new t- with the new season, it's a new team, new uh, chemistry, new uh, just a lot of new things that come together as a team. Of course... Uh, Westgate is the defending champs, but as Coach uh, Antoine told us yesterday, he says, hey, look, they know. Everybody's going to be taking shots at them, so it's going to be a lot different uh, chemistry that's going to pull them through. Of course, Warren Easton's the number two pick in that uh, foray. And hmm. that's who, the, who was the number two team last year? Yeah, that's <laughs> what happened to be. Neville is number three. Lafayette Christian, they come in, uh, they move up from double-A. Uh, up to 4A, and they come in as the number four choice uh, right now in the preseason. Northwood of Shreveport, St. Thomas Moore, Lutcher, Huntington, Vanderbilt Catholic, and Leesville. Uh, any area, Cecilia uh, also receiving some votes uh, in uh, 4A. No, no other local schools in 3A. It's Sterlington, University of Baton Rouge, Union Parish, that's basically Farmerville, E.D. White of Thibodeau, Madison Prep of Baton Rouge, St. Martinville, our Tigers of St. Martinville, a number six, a meet uh, up in the Florida parishes, Lake Charles Prep, who Westgate uh, played, the, uh, uh, I think, the other day in a scrimmage, uh, Abbeville and Church Point, uh, any other local teams I do not see, in 2A, Manny, St. Charles Catholic, Newman, Notre Dame, Oak Grove, Dunham, Avoyles. Elsewhere, coming in at number eight is Calvary Baptist, Mangum at nine, and North Caddo. 
Uh, others receiving votes. Lorville comes in at number 11. Uh, elsewhere, uh, local teams, Ascension Episcopal also comes in there with others receiving votes, along with Franklin. Uh, in 1A, it's Homer. That's H-O-M-E-R. That's up in North Louisiana in Webster Parish. Washington Christian, Southern Lab, Logansport, Kentwood, Opelous is Catholic. Uh, number six, seven is St. Frederick. Number eight, Vermilion Catholic out of Abbeville, Haynesville up in North Louisiana, Riverside Academy. Others receiving votes, uh, area teams. Uh, don't see any other teams in our area, but uh, high school football. Uh, here uh, Friday night on Kane Radio, uh, Jeff, and uh, we'll see how uh, – that's all going to look, but uh, we have uh, interesting games on the slate and uh, a lot of local teams garnering votes here in the uh, preseason prep polls. There you go. Notice uh, there is a fly that is harassing you. Very much. What's going on? It's not harassing me. Yeah. Well, why just, you? I think he smells. What's wrong his, with uh, me? Hand sanitizer. I think he's got the aroma of uh, the sweet smell of those. Well, we hand need we, we need to get some geckos in here. Yeah. To deal with the bugs. I I think that, you know, I've got uh, a few geckos who live around my garbage can Uh at the house, and I think that's why I don't have a fly problem. (laughs) They are there to pounce upon the bugs. Well, other than making too much noise by clapping and trying to get the best of uh, Mr. Fly, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll put it off to maybe we hit another break. But, of course, in a few minutes we'll have uh, head football coach, uh, 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 Terry Martin on talking about the Tigers and their uh, their their basic. Uh, uh, now we talked about the scrimmage, but he had a game this past week against, I believe, was it Generette? Curious. The to see. Jamboree was against Generette. Uh, they came away with a victory, and we'll talk uh, about that. The ups and downs of it. Also, uh, hoping he'll give us a little insight into uh, Generette and what that team yes. may look like going forward. But yeah, we'll look forward to that. Yesterday, uh, before we do take that break, um, I, I was shocked, but not wholly shocked, I guess. You know, when I saw the headline, multiple owners didn't want Deshaun Watson of the Browns to be suspended for the season. Really? And uh, I was trying to think, uh, my first thought was they wanted a superstar out there. They wanted, you know, money on the field. Kind sure. of an added. No, that wasn't it at all. Um, Peter King spoke to one team executive who feels the owners reached out to Roger Goodell to express their desire to, for Watson to play this season. The reasoning, ridiculous. Rather than any stance on the morals of the issue by suspending Watson for 11 games, the NFL prevented the Browns from being able to toll Watson's contract over to the next season. Watson carries that cap hit of only $9.4 million this year versus a $55 million cap each of the next four years. Had the contract told, the Browns would have been subject to the same small cap hit next year rather than taking a spike of 45.6. So they felt uh, limiting it to 11. And again, that is the max suspension right. in tolling a contract uh, before you could toll a contract. You know, there was a lot of speculation, 12 games, but that didn't happen. And there is a reason. That was the number that uh, they were to reach 11 and then the $5 million fine. But, uh, yeah, kind of shady there. I'd like to know who those particular owners were. I'm guessing shadow owner Jerry Jones was (laughs) shadow commissioner. (laughs) Jerry Jones was one of the... And uh, I'm sure the Eagles, uh, uh, not the Eagles, but, yeah, and possibly the uh, Browns and uh, owners. Oh, yeah, some of those teams up in that area, uh, the Bengals, uh, you know, to draw fans to the games. And uh, anyway, uh, I don't think that – has that last case ever been settled, do you know? Not to or, my knowledge. You know, so that's still hanging out there. And, uh, of course, $230 million, all guaranteed. Uh, uh, you can't uh, have it any better than that right now. So uh, the Browns – but the Browns are taking their lumps during the preseason, too. Uh, I'm trying to – and he – I think – is he playing at all in a preseason No, game? no. He did week one. Okay. That, you're one, right. You're one, right. Once the suspension was announced, the uh, the Browns said he will not play again in the preseason. He's still practicing with them. And he was on the sidelines. I watched uh, a little bit of the game yesterday, in fact. Uh, the uh-huh. NFL Network had it on, and – you know, I, I caught the. It was against the Bears. That's why I was okay. watching. I knew the Bears had won the game, but man, I thought, hey, you know, see how it rolled. And 
I was pleased to see, you know, 21 to 20, you, you think that's a close game. Wasn't really that close. Bears had stopped them, were leading 21 to 14 late in the game. Bears had the ball with about three minutes left. Fumble Ruski. Oh, and okay. that gave Cleveland the ball back at the 10-yard line, and uh, they were able to score. Went for two, which you respect uh, yes. that they went for two. They No reason to finish with a tie in an exhibition game, so uh, they went for two, didn't make it, and the Bears held on uh, for the victory. But, uh, again, uh, so no. But I did notice him on the sideline, and that's why I bring it up. He was with the other quarterbacks, uh, you know, talking and, uh, again, I, I hope they were imparting some sort of wisdom to each other, but they looked like they were having fun. Yeah. Which uh, I, <laughs> just joking try, around too Yeah, much. trying to look real quick to see if uh, the Saints have made any cuts this morning. Of course, uh, I, I see here uh, in an article that they said the Saints have rosters going from 90 to 80, and as of Monday afternoon, the count was down to 74. Saw the organization, of course, we were well, aware. Well, we talked about the six. Yeah, they waived those six players Sunday. Uh, 21 still needed to be waived or released. And, uh, you know, it's always a tough week. Uh, a lot of these guys, sometimes you wish they cut you earlier because other teams think that maybe uh, you're not that good, but they, you cut them earlier and then you bring them back to the practice squad uh, with people believing that uh, you got rid of your worst players first. And uh, good teams get but, rid but of But the maybe. longer you're there, the more money you make. That, that This is true. So, uh Anyway, a lot of speculation. Of course, some of these uh, roster spots, you know, have uh, been nailed down. Uh, it's it's probably a minimum of uh, anywhere from five to maybe eight players that uh, need to be addressed in that regard. So with the Saints, uh, hopefully we'll see something. We'll have something tomorrow on Bayou Sports with their uh, breakdown no of, doubt. of uh, players that have either cut, release, injured, reserve, pulp, uh, whatever the case may be on a lot of these players. So, uh Anyway, with that, let's go ahead and take our break and uh, get Coach Terry Morton on the line here for Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday. You're listening to Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with head football coach Terry Morton from the Lowerville Tigers right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions, and you can apply right now at Danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 19 East Main across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. And thanks again for voting the Quarter Tavern. Best bar and more this year's Best of the Tash. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. 
Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And with us this morning, uh, as he will be each Tuesday uh, morning at 8 o'clock, is Coach uh, Terry Morton from the Lauraville Tigers. And good morning, Coach, and how's things going? Good morning. Thank you all for having me on this morning. Uh, going pretty well. Uh, it's just like I think I told you all that last week. We, we, we seem to be going through already, man, a couple of early season injuries with, uh, with a couple of starters. So, uh, I, you know, we play our first JV game actually tonight. And, we, you know, I'm going to be holding my breath the whole time because two, two or three of those kids who have to play JV to make sure we have enough tonight are actually going to be on the field a good bit Friday. So it seems like it, it's, uh, it's, it's part of the year where, where we hold our breath and we hope that we don't have too many more injuries. All right. Coach, if you would uh, recap last week's Jamboree contest uh, against Generette, uh, uh, 18 to nothing victory, a score indicative of the performance? Uh, I guess in a way, I think we, you know, we had talked about it last week. One of the things that, that we all do, uh, you know, we use our fall scrimmage to try to, to try a few different things, see what works, you know, maybe kind of finalize what we're going to run on offense and defense throughout the year, or at least what our base plan will be. But as far as the jamboree goes, I, I think most people kind of play things close to the vest. You know, uh, we went in, uh, we, you know, with the, the thought that we were going to be very basic on offense, uh, and, and that's kind of what we did. Uh, we actually stayed a lot in the I formation, which, you know, we, we hadn't run that pretty much since I've been here. Uh, just, you know, it's really base plays. We didn't throw the, bunch, uh, the ball much at all. Maybe, I think we had maybe two pass attempts, maybe, maybe three at the most. But uh, that was kind of the plan going in. Uh, we were pretty concerned about the athleticism. Like I said, they had a, you know, they have some really good skill kids, uh, and, and that that kind of, that's kind of how it played out. Uh, it looked like he he had a few less numbers than what he had in the summer. I, I know going in, uh, coming out of the summer, uh, talking to Coach Paula Jenneret, he was pretty excited because he said he averaged about forty guys a day uh, in his summer workouts. But uh, I think one of his kids had an unfortunate, uh, actually a, a really really tragic uh, car accident. And uh, he might have lost one kid for the year, and he looked to be down a few linemen because uh, it looked like his numbers were down a little bit. So fortunately for us, you know, we we're pretty concerned about their skill guys, but we were able to hold them out the end zone, uh, and at least for, for most of the game, we were able to run the ball effectively. Uh, kind of is going to have to be something that we do this year. So I guess overall, uh, we we came out of the jamboree with no serious injuries, but you know, two or three of those guys that we went in without. This past week, it seems like we're still going to be without him. You know, Lacey Nguyen, we were really counting on him to, to be a running back, a uh, fullback, and play some defensive end for us. He's still going to be out, I'd say, at least another two weeks. Uh, with a, you know, he has a lower leg injury, you know, not as serious as we first thought, and it's something that I think he'll be able to, you know, eventually come back in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things, we were concerned with our depth at quarterback. Uh, going into the season, you know, we had Trevor Dooley coming in, Who's a, a three-year player, going to be a junior this year, and had you know had an, a lot of experience with our offense. Unfortunately, it looks like he could be out a number of weeks, uh, and, and so now we have a kid coming in who didn't play football last year. Uh, he played uh, as a seventh and eighth grader, but had absolutely zero experience, not only in our offense, but now he's been tasked to run the offense. And uh, you know, so far he, he had he showed some flashes in our scrimmage of. of having the ability to physically to do it. But I thought uh, Hayden Benoit, uh, he's a sophomore. Again, like I said, he didn't even play football last year. Uh, I think, he, you know, again, we kept it real simple, but I think he did an admirable job uh, starting for the first time ever, uh, you know, at quarterback and filling in. And, uh, and you know, he did a pretty good job for us. Of course, it's extremely concerning because, again, the, we don't really have another backup quarterback. Uh, we have a young kid who's a really good athlete. Uh, you know, he's going to probably – Absolutely. He almost started uh, the year uh, at corner for us as a ninth grader. He's a really good athlete. Uh, he's going to play some on offense, but now he's having to be impressed into duty as a backup quarterback. So, you know, we're really, really thin at that position. And, you know, obviously everybody understands how important that is. So uh, that's a big concern going in. Hopefully we can keep those two guys healthy. But uh, like I said, you know, uh, a pretty decent job defensively. Uh, we're going to be tasked, a uh, much greater task this week because, uh, Erath, you know, they, they have some really explosive players. Uh, it looks like on film that their starting quarterback, and it was one of the, you know, picked as one of the best returning quarterbacks in our area. Uh, really good looking football player, you know, tall kid, big kid, runs really, really well, throws the ball well. 
Uh, I want to say he was one of the leading passers in the Acadian area last year. But it looks like they held him out last week for the Jamboree. So uh, I'm not sure if he'll be back. I'm sure he probably will for us. But uh, just a really dynamic offense. They do a lot of things well. Uh, they, they, they run the ball well, but they're really good at throwing the ball. And uh, just from the film that we have, that it looks like that their receivers are really good at finding holes in zones. Uh, they're very active. They move around a lot. So uh, we, you know, we're going to really, really be tasked with our with our defense this week against Iraq. Coach, uh, you know, you, you, your district schedule gets away in October as you open up October seventh against uh, West St. Mary over there. Uh, do you think those young men you're speaking of won't be healthy by then, or will they be healthy by then? Or uh, should be? There, there's a ch- there's a chance. Again. Uh, with both injuries, uh, like, like uh, again, Trevor, the quarterback, he has an MRI coming up on Wednesday, and so we'll know a little more. Uh, and, and it just seems to be a non-contact injury, something that that actually has been lingering kind of since baseball season. But in the in the scrimmage, it just got to the point to where you know we had to figure out what, what was going on with it. Uh, you know, so with, with those two kids, we also have a, a kid that started at guard for us in the scrimmage. He's possibly out uh, again. You know, we're just uh, just kind of that. This you know, the sports injury protocol, the laws that we have now. Probably, I'd say at least another more a week or maybe more. So uh, you know, right off the bat, to have three starters out, it, you know, it's, it's pretty concerning. But I would think everything works out well. We should, you know, we should have all three of those guys back by the time district comes around. Coach, um, um, going back to tonight, uh, tell us uh, tonight's format. Uh, is it Erath as well tonight? Yes, sir. Uh, ERAS, uh, ERAS, JV is coming in. We kind of do a freshman JV combination. Uh, you know, it, it's mostly freshmen, but we do have, like, uh, actually, their head coach texted me this morning and said, hey, would you want to maybe go most, you know, all freshmen in the first quarter? And my response was, that's pretty much all I'm going to have. <laughs> you know, I do have a couple of upperclassmen, but most of those, you know, that's the biggest thing, the biggest difference since I've been at Orville compared to my other two schools. Uh, you know, most of our sophomores who are decent players, they're playing on Friday night. And so, you know, when, when you have to be kind of concerned with your numbers. If a kid starts on Friday, you really don't want to have to use him at all. In, in the freshman JV game, obviously, you know, just the, such a higher risk of, uh, of injury playing two games in a week. And uh, so, you know, a lot of the, the, the young kids that are going to play tonight, they're going to be on the field Friday, maybe on special teams. Or like I said, you know, in the case of Blake Delcom, you know, he's a phenomenal athlete. He ran the opening legs on our 4 by one and our 4 by 2 varsity really uh you know that that that, that qualified for the regional meet came came within a you know a hundredth of a second for qualifying in the state meet and he did that as an eighth grader uh you know he's a ninth grader he's a really good athlete i think he has a huge future in front of him but again he's a ninth grader you know so you you don't want to put too much uh on a kid that young but uh you know at this level at times you, know, you have to have kids that, that are that young that have to play on friday night so uh you know that that's going to be tonight's going to be mostly freshmen with a few of those you know, tenth graders sprinkled in, uh, and we pretty much follow the same varsity schedule. You know, whichever team we're going to play on Friday night, most of the time that's the team that we're going to play uh, in our freshman JV game. Uh, there's a couple exceptions, but for the most part, that's what we do. I've always tried to have a really heavy freshman JV schedule uh, because just in my you know, in the past, before I was over here without a turf field. You know, a lot of times if if, uh, if you get a real heavy rain, a lot of coaches are nervous to, to go ahead and play a JV game on their home field to not to mess it up. And uh, so, But I've always been really, really tentative to cancel any of those JV games. Those guys got to have experience. And in, uh, in the years where we've had fewer JV games, you always suffer the following year. You know, you have to get those guys playing time. They have to get experience. So uh, I'm actually I'm looking at the schedule, and as of right now, we have at least eight freshman JV game scheduled, and, and uh, I really do everything I can to make sure we play those games because those guys got to get some playing time. You know, right. that, that, I, I think that's the lifeblood of your, pro, your program, you know, is your freshman JV program. There you go. Co- Coach, I think you read my mind because uh, I'm always ready to ask the next question, and then you answer it before I have a chance to ask the uh. question. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you about whether or not the, the JV schedule paralleled the uh, regular schedule. How about home and away? Is that the same always? We, we just flip it. We flip you it. You know, flip because, it. again, if, if you're going to go to a school on Friday, uh, it helps, you know, for, for if, if you're the traveling team, then, then we go ahead and we play the, uh, the JV game here. Uh, just, you know, it kind of gives each team a, a chance to make a little bit of money, you know, when they have to travel, 
Well, the thing about having a turf field that I've been very fortunate since I've been here, a lot of times the schools will say, hey, we'll just come to you. You know, so, so they don't have to mess up their field. So we've benefited from that actually in the past to where, you know, we, we should have been on the road freshman JV, but they actually came here. Uh, and, and again, I'm looking at a couple of the schools we have. We actually have a game against Nish, uh, which of course both, both teams have, have turf fields, but they, you know, they were looking for a game that said, hey, we'll come to you. So, uh, you know, I love to have those freshman JV games here because it just gives you a little bit extra, you know, spending money in your account. Uh, you don't have to be in as a hurry. But, again, you know, I, I, I love them not, not because, of the, you know, the kids need the experience, but also, it, to me, it's a lot of fun I, as a coach to, to do freshman JV games because it's not nearly the pressure, you know, that you have on Friday where you have to win, you know, you really have to try to win. You know, you, of course, you want to win the game, but I, I, always, I just feel like it's uh, – it's a, a, a pure teaching environment. You know, you can just concentrate on teaching and just having fun, you know, because at the end of the day, that's supposed to be why we're doing this. You know, we're supposed to be doing it because we want the kids to have fun and hopefully learn something from it. So, uh, and like I said, I, I always put a lot of emphasis on, on our JV program. There you go. Gates open and kick off tonight? Uh, we're going to start at 6, and uh, we, just, we just do a $5 charge at the gate, you know, just, just to make sure we make enough to pay the officials. Fair enough. Coach, uh, always a pleasure, uh, and uh, we're kicking off the Saturday show. Hopefully you'll be able to join us Saturday morning as well. Sounds good. And, look, while I have y'all, I also we were supposed to play Catholic High, our, our junior high team, last week. but uh, And over here, you know, so we were on the third field. But we ended up getting a bunch of lightning, and uh, there, there was a the prediction that we were going to have more. So we ended up rescheduling that game to this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. So just, you know, for the people listening also who want to watch, you know, some junior high football, we will be playing Catholic High in New Iberia this Wednesday at 6 on our, our home field. That is tomorrow night, Wednesday, then. Correct, right. Okay, Junior excellent. High. Good to know. Good to know. Coach, uh, always a pleasure. Best of luck Friday night. We'll talk Saturday and again on Tuesday. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Coach. Uh, good luck to you. Yeah, Jeff, uh, so Coach Terry Martin uh, getting ready to gear it up for his first game uh, this week. So uh, we'll keep a hold of that in, uh, Saturday morning. So we'll see you on Kane Radio, uh, you can hear the wrap-ups of the games uh, the night before. There you go. Anyway, today in sports history, August the 30th in 1905, Tigers future Hall of Fame uh, center fielder Ty Cobb makes his major league debut, doubling in, uh, in a win over the New York Hollanders. Of course, the Hollanders uh, soon to become the Yankees. In 1922, Babe Ruth is thrown out of a game for the fifth time in 1922. Of course, Ruth, a lot of people didn't realize, is uh, as big as a star he was. He, he blew his top, let off a lot of steam during games sometimes. Elsewhere, in 1937, Joe Lewis the Brown Bomber beats uh, Tommy Parr or Farr in 15 for the heavyweight boxing title. 39, the Yankees' uh, Atlee Donald pitches a baseball record in 94.7 mile out of fastball. Of course, I don't think the uh, those machines back then uh, were geared too much to pick it up uh, in that regard. But 97.4, almost a 95 mile out of fastball. In 61, Oreo Jack Fisher walked 12 Angels in a nine-inning game. I can't believe he even completed the game, walking 12. In 1965, Casey Stingle announces his retirement uh, from baseball after 55 years. Uh, later in 1972, Olga Corbett, the mania that surrounded her in the uh, Munich Olympics, uh, wins uh, the gymnics, gymnastics all-around uh, title. Elsewhere in 1979, in a wild encounter at the uh, U.S. Open, John McEnroe beats Illy Nastassi. Nastassi is defaulted by an umpire and then is reinstated. I can recall that. In 1981, Billy Shoemaker uh, uh, becomes the first uh, jockey to win a million dollars through thoroughbred horse racing when his Mount John Henry takes the inaugural Arlington million dollars by a nose. 1984, Jim Rice grounds into a record 33 double play en route to 36 that year. Wow. 1987, Kirby Puckett goes for 6 with two homers in a 10-6 win over the Milwaukee Brewers, who were then in the American League. 91, Mike Powell of the United States sets the long jump record at 29 feet, 4.5. Of course, he beats Bob Beeman's mark, which was set in the 68 uh, Mexico Olympics. 2006, Greg Maddox wins his 330 game, and I doubt if that, uh, man, you just, I don't see any 300 uh, winning pitchers in the next few years. On this date of birthdays, 1918, the splendid splinter, the kid, Ted Williams, born on this day. 
Uh, some think the greatest hitter, a left-handed hitter in baseball. In 1921 on this date, Angelo Dundee, boxing trainer and corner man for Muhammad Ali, uh, born on this date. And uh, elsewhere in 1943, Jean-Claude Keeley, the French <laughs> alpine skier, uh, synonymous with three Olympic golds in 68, born in Paris, France. 1944, Tug McGraw, baseball player and father of Tim McGraw, born in Martinez, California. And Louisiana native. How is it that uh, Tim McGraw then came to be from Star, Louisiana? Yeah, I know. I don't understand that, but uh, maybe a strange from the I, mother. I think, I think his mom was from the Monroe area too, yeah. in that regard. But Tug McGraw, you know, I can still see him beating his thigh. Oh yeah, you know, you got to believe in the sixty nine Mets with the glove. Yeah, that's right. Elsewhere, nineteen fifty three, Louisiana native Robert Parrish. Uh, basketball Hall of Fame center and uh, championship with the Celtics in 81, 84, and 86, along with the Chicago Bulls in 97, born in Shreveport, Louisiana. And the quote of the day, Ron Luciano, if anybody's old enough to remember umpire, baseball umpire Ron Luciano, who was a character, he said, he never called a balk in my life. I didn't understand the rule. <laughs> like every fan. <laughs> You're right. Anyway, that's today in sports history, August 30th. And uh, that'll wrap it up, Jeff. I don't know if you have any other headlines to I, speak about. I'll just, um, we'll just go to the headline. Uh, Brian Robinson, uh, running back for the Commanders, uh, who was shot over the weekend, out of the hospital this oh, morning. Oh, that's good to hear. So, good, uh, great to hear. Yeah, we'll, we'll update that story later, but I uh, thought I'd pass that late-breaking headline along. In the meantime, big thanks to Bayou Sports sponsors, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, and the Headache and Pain Center.